What's up guys, Jeff Cavalier, AthleteX.com. So today we're gonna to do something we have not done in a while, and that is we're visiting the Iron Graveyard, where all exercises that we've killed in the past reside. As a matter of fact, we're gonna actually revisit and pay our respects to some of those that we've already placed in the graveyard and buried, and more importantly, we're adding a few more. Now look guys, I'm gonna do what I've always done here on this channel, though I'm not just going to tell you to stop doing the exercise and that's it. I'm gonna tell you the specific reasons why we put them in the graveyard in the first place, but more importantly, what you can do as a direct replacement for it. So with that being said, we're gonna call in Jesse here to make sure that we can actually get this video done the right way. You want me doing the bad exercises? Of course, because you're sort of the king of doing things wrong, you know what I mean? Okay, well if I'm doing that, I want my new new intro playing. They've already seen your new intro. No, 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 my new new intro. Yeah, <laughs> run it. You gotta be fucking kidding me. Okay, we can get started now. Can we? Yes. Alright, let's go. Guys, the first exercise up is... Alright guys, so we might as well kick off this list with one we've actually had dead and buried now for quite some time on this channel, and it's the dumbbell fly. Done this way, unsupported, on a bench, which happens to be the way that most of us do this exercise. The fact is, we are actually hanging out here in all of it, our shoulder-wrecking glory when we do the exercise in this way. This unsupported version is placing so much stress, not just on your chest. As a matter of fact, a lot of the stretch that you might feel here is actually being redirected to a different muscle in our arm called the coracobrachialis. But more importantly, it's what you're doing in putting your anterior shoulder capsule at risk and performing it this way. We have alternatives. I've discussed before, if you're really dead set on doing a fly, do them on the floor. At least by doing them on the floor here, you have a bottom. You have a safety net, and you actually have the additional benefit of overloading the exercise on the eccentric portion of it to get some better benefits in terms of making muscle gains. But why are we even screwing around there either? If we want to do something that's going to get our chest to respond, at least do something that includes adduction. Take it from a point in the range of motion that gets our arm out from our body, that applies the stretch we thought we were looking for in the first place, but actually that allows us to cross midline under tension. The fly doesn't do that. When we reach the top, we're losing any additional tension on the pecs. We can get that by simply swapping this for a cable or a band and continuing across our body in a full crossover. All right, so if there's one exercise that signifies I'm lost more than any other, it's this one right here. It's the dumbbell side bend. People will do this exercise ad nauseum, trying to sculpt out a midsection, carve up their abs, get ripped obliques, whatever it is they're saying, and a lot of times they don't even put the dumbbell in the right hand when they do, but I'm here to tell you there really is no right side to put the dumbbell in because the exercise itself is trash if you're trying to train your obliques. We know, guys, by now that the obliques are not necessarily side-bending muscles. Can they bend us to the side? Yes, but if you look at the direction of their fibers, what do they prefer to do? Rotation. So if you want to train them, get a rotational exercise. One of my favorite ones to do is this. I hang from a bar and I simply try to initiate a rotation of my pelvis, curl it up and twist it a little bit in one direction. I'm not looking to get my legs all the way up to the bar, I'm simply looking to control the lifting and turning of my pelvis with my obliques and I really focus on trying to do that every single repetition. Now, I understand some might say, hey, this is really difficult. It doesn't mean that you have to do it hanging. You could actually do it over here in the captain's chair as well to unweight a lot of your body weight if that's one of the issues you have right now preventing you from doing the exercise smoothly and you do the same thing here. Again, the range of motion is not that critical. It's initiating from the obliques and making sure that you're rotating even just a little bit to get them to do the job that they actually prefer to do in the first place. All right, so speaking of exercises that we do all too often, 
I'm going to throw another one in here, the concentration curl. Now look, I've actually covered in a previous video how to do the concentration curl if you're going to do it at all. Because most of the time, we alter the exercise so much that we change the strength curve on it, we actually redirect most of the force into the shoulders as opposed to the biceps in the first place, and there's things we can do that are better anyway, like maybe stand up, get on your feet, like in a barbell curl. We're not getting crazy here, guys. It's just a lot better exercise. We can use more weight. We can actually make sure that the, the force is actually being directed into our arms, what we're trying to build in the first place. And more importantly, we can get a little bit of functionality because our core is going to have to help us to control the weight. As we lift that heavier weight up, we have to be able to counteract that. None of that is happening when we're just sitting on our ass on a bench posing, more or less. So I'm telling you right now, if you're looking for better gains overall, the faster you can swap out this exercise for this one, the better off you're going to be. A new addition to the Iron Graveyard is this one right here, the Cuban Press. Now don't be confused because you probably heard that, well, but Jeff, there's external rotation going on here. Look, and you like external rotation at the shoulders. There is, except there's a whole hell of a lot of internal rotation with elevation happening to get to the point of the exercise where you actually externally rotate. Not to mention the eccentric internal rotation that's happening on the way down. Guys, it doesn't just matter how an exercise starts and finishes. What matters is how you go through the exercise. The journey is what's most important. And we can actually follow the same beginning and end points in a much safer way if we swap out to this one here, and that's the Erlacher. You see, instead of going up to the top here by internally rotating our shoulders, we can actually initiate through our biceps, which is a natural movement, and transition to external rotation a lot sooner. We can bypass the internal rotation of the shoulder at all points in the exercise, making it a hell of a lot safer. Not to mention the end result of this is a better exercise. If you were to do a few reps of each, I guarantee you the one that you're going to feel more effectively training your shoulders, again, without all the pain, is going to be the Erlacher. Swap it out, guys. I promise you the results will be worth it. All right, speaking of shoulders, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, guys, but it's for good reason because things aren't changing. Biomechanically, a shit exercise once will always be a shit exercise. And that brings us once again to the upright row, the king of all shit exercises. Jesse, thank you for demonstrating once again. The fact is, we can do better than this, guys. There's so much wrong with this exercise. I've mentioned before as a physical therapist, if you were to come to me in the clinic and I was going to diagnose you with impingement, I would put you in the exact position that you're going to be in to perform an upright row, a provocative position to cause an irritation to the supraspinatus and the tendons in your shoulder. You're literally doing that test to yourself with every single rep of an upright row. We can do better than that. All we have to do is alter the position of our arm during this upward journey. Instead of letting the elbow win the race to the top with the wrist down here losing, we can actually let the wrist win and the elbow lose, meaning let the wrist beat the elbow to the top. What happens is the difference in shoulder mechanics. We get an internally rotated shoulder when the elbow is higher than the wrist. We get an externally rotated shoulder when the wrist is higher than the elbow. The dumbbell high pull accomplishes this so easily. And once again, it's one of those exercises that when you do make the switch, not only does it feel instantly better, but it actually allows you to get a better contraction in your shoulders and ultimately will allow you to get better results. Why? 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 Can you just do a regular fucking pull up, please? Next. All right, next up is one I like to call an insta lift, right? One of those that we actually do for Instagram because it looks really cool when you load a whole lot of plates on a bar and do a motion that's about four inches. Guys, 
the rack pull is not something we necessarily need to be doing. We can pretty much get rid of it because not only is it not as impressive as it actually looks, you are, as I discussed before, placing a lot of stress, unnecessary stress, on an area here in your shoulder complex called the thoracic outlet. You don't want to mess with shoulder thoracic outlet issues. What you want to do instead is just simulate a deadlift more, right? Don't take the bar from above the knee. Increase that range of motion. Take the bar down at least below the knee. If you want to put it on a couple mats or some blocks, you can do that. If you want to not necessarily have to pull it from the floor all the time. But what you're going to get from this is a reduced traction on the arms because you're doing something that you actually could lift from the floor or slightly off of it. You're going to have the benefit of still building your traps, guys, because the deadlift itself is a great trap builder. And you're going to functionally start doing an exercise that's going to have much greater carryover to the actual deadlift itself, not to mention any other thing you do in actual daily life. All right, so now sticking with the legs, this is an exercise that you see everybody doing pretty much again in every gym. And this is the leg extension. You can see Jesse cranking out reps here and getting a nice squeeze on his quads. But it's what's happening beneath the surface, particularly beneath that kneecap of his, that's what concerns me. I think the compressive forces on the patella, especially in this flex position, and in initiating from this flex position, is going to be a problem, particularly for people that have problems already in their knee. So if you have chondromalacia, if you have patellar tracking problems, these are things that are become exacerbated in this exercise, and we realize that something in an open chain environment like this where your leg is, is basically hanging freely and working freely is never going to have the carryover that something that you could do closed chain with your foot in contact to the ground is, especially when we're training athletes. So is there something we can do better? I believe there is, and it's this. This is the TKE drop lunge. And what this is is a two-part exercise. The band is placed around the knee to allow us to contract against it, to get that resisted knee extension, to not have to sacrifice the benefit that we're feeling in the squeeze in the quad during the leg extension. But beyond that, we can actually load this a lot heavier. We can apply a, a connected load, let's say, one through our knee extension hip flexion combo during this drop lunge, and then still have the band as the additional final kicker to really impact that quad at the top. So we're getting a more functional exercise. Again, the feet are in contact with the ground. We're loading it heavier, and we're placing a stress on the knee that allows for extension without all that compressive load that we get inside that leg extension machine. All right, so let's break out Raymond here to cover an exercise that, again, has been in that iron graveyard for quite some time, really, really buried deep beneath the earth here, and it's the behind the neck shoulder press. Now look, I don't have a problem with an overhead press. I love overhead pressing. But when you do it behind the neck, you're literally fighting your own anatomy. Let me show you what we're talking about. If we look at the ball and socket joint, that is the shoulder, the socket is actually created by the scapula, the shoulder blade itself. And you can see that the socket doesn't face directly out towards you. It actually faces forward at about 45 degrees. So if we wanted to mirror the natural range of motion of the ball and socket, we would let the socket and the ball move here in this plane angled slightly forward in front of the body, not all the way over here. So behind the neck pressing is fighting your own anatomy, causing a higher likelihood of impingement here at the shoulder. So I'm in favor of pressing overhead, but we just got to do it like this instead, in front of you. And there's a few things that actually come to your benefit in addition, and that is the additional help of your triceps. Right, the overhead pressing movement is built for strength. We're trying to train the overall strength of our upper body. Why are we trying to remove the triceps from the equation? So what we can do to actually make this really simple is just take a more narrow grip. 
by taking a more narrow grip on the bar just outside of shoulder width, you can see what happens. If I was going to try to press from here, instead bring it to here, that narrowing of the grip actually brings the elbows into the same position we were looking for, ideally out of Raymond itself. So just make that swap out, guys. Get that bar from behind your body to the front of your body and those hands from out wide to more tight and close to your body here, and I promise you you'd be better at the exercise and your shoulders would be better off for it. And finally, guys, as we wrap up, the last two exercises we can actually kind of group together because they're actually unified by stupidity. This that Jesse's done before and this that Jesse's done before. And when I say Jesse, I mean, well, you know what I mean. The fact is, guys, any advice that this Jesse gives is just stupid bad advice. So not only are these exercises a representation of that, but it's something that you want to avoid at all costs. However, whoa, 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 whoa. I changed my hair, okay? I don't have that hairstyle anymore, so I don't know if you can consider me that Jesse still. It's a work in progress. <laughs> Guys, hopefully you found this video helpful. Remember, it's not necessarily always the exercises. What's most important is how you do the exercises, and hopefully now with a little bit of logic and reasoning behind why I selected what I did. At least you might be willing to explore some of the alternatives and just see for yourself how they work for you. If you're looking for a step-by-step -step program that puts them all for you in place step-by-step, day-by-day, you can find them all over in our programs at athletenext.com. In the meantime, if you found the video helpful, leave your comments and thumbs up below. Let me know what else you want me to cover and I'll do my best to do that for you. And if you haven't already done so, guys, click subscribe and turn on your notifications so you never miss a new video when we put one out. All right, guys. See you soon. Wait, Jeff. We forgot to ask. If you guys like the new intro, leave a thumbs up. Don't if you do. encourage him, guys. Don't encourage him. That's it.